0: serious about loving our neighbour, this is the point I'd really like to make, if we're serious about loving our neighbour, being voices for the voiceless, we've got to take seriously that pro-life laws are one of the very most effective ways we can do that.
1: Welcome to this episode of About Abortion. It's a special episode today because we are live at the Teams Conference, that's CBR UK's national nationwide conference. And I'm hosting, and your standard host, David Brennan, is a guest on the show. Also joining us today is Debbie Mountford, our excellent, superb uh, media and research officer for CBR UK, who's going to be helping us deal with some of the technical detail of Roe versus Wade. So are we dealing with how to cross a lagoon today? No, we're dealing with an American legal case and its implications for UK abortion, abolition. So um, thanks for joining us. Great to be here.
2: Absolutely, yes.
1: So um, quickly, Teams Conference, how's it been for you guys?
2: Just fantastic. I mean, there's just such a great energy to get together as a, a national team and learn from each other and be with each other and praise the Lord together and, and learn about how we're working to save the unborn. It's been fantastic.
0: Yeah, I think it's been brilliant, but don't ask me, ask them! <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: That is not the sound of canned laughter, that is actually our live audience uh, at this uh, wonderful podcast today. Um, perhaps probably the biggest event of the weekend, though, has to be the fire pit last night. You consuming a um, tossed marshmallow over a fire.
0: Yeah, I think it was um, probably a four, five, six metre throw. Um, third attempt? Third attempt. What's the third <laughs> attempt? <laughs> <laughs> but... Someone filmed a third
1: attempt, and it makes it look like it's the first attempt. <laughs> yeah, we may be able to use that to finally get some followers for you on social media. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, that would yeah. be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think with a bit of light editing, it could look like I'm doing it whilst walking on the flames as nice. well. Nice, nice, okay. So yeah, this... I would
2: share to
0: you yeah. Too, yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, finally, some content of Dave worth sharing, uh, <laughs> which is brilliant. Hopefully you'll share this too, uh, because we believe um, this Saturday, Saturday 24th of June, will be one year since Roe versus Wade was overturned. Um, but one of the reasons why we've got Debbie is with us today is to help us understand what was this case, why is it so important. So, Debbie, just give us a crash course, because I know this time last year you were speaking to Glenn Scrivener at Speak Life about this, but what's a, what what was Roe v Wade? What happened uh, a year ago and why is it so important?
2: Yeah, so Roe v Wade was the landmark 1973 ruling which uh, was spoken to a largely pro-life landscape in America. Uh, 30 states at that point had a near outright ban except to save the life of the mother. And Roe v Wade overturned that overnight when the Supreme Court voted to allow um, essentially unrestricted abortion. Um, And the the states themselves could not restrict abortion under Roe v. Wade before 24 weeks, before the point of viability, but they were pretty hamstringed in a lot of cases in the third trimester as well. Um, And one of the justices that wrote the majority at the time actually said that they had uh, effectively legalized abortion up to birth in, Mm. in the US. So that was a a huge deal, um, and since then, America has been aborting, uh, unfortunately, on average, about a million babies a year. I think it was 900 and something thousand last year. It has tipped the scales at over 1.2 million. Mm -hmm. Um, And this time last year, what happened was there was a case that came up from Mississippi um, called the Gestational Age Act, which was being challenged in a case called Dobbs v. Jackson's Mm -hmm. Women's Health, And what Mississippi wanted to do was restrict abortion after 15 weeks. Mm -hmm. And they didn't use any other way to try and get around this as some previous bills, some of the heartbeat bills had done, particularly Mm -hmm. Texas, had tried to sort of get round Roe a little bit. Mississippi didn't, this was a direct challenge to Roe mm-hmm. and it made its way to the Supreme Court um, and the Supreme Court adjudicated that and in a majority decision, a real, a really amazing landmark majority decision, mm-hmm. they decided to allow Mississippi to uphold this 15 week ban mm-hmm. and to do that, they had to overturn Roe versus Wade. And what that did, and there's a lot of confusion about this, a lot of people mm-hmm. think what that did was make abortion illegal overnight in the United States. It didn't at all. It simply removed that restriction that wouldn't allow the states to regulate on their own based on how their voters wanted to vote and handed the powers back to the individual state legislatures. So actually, since then, some states have gone the other way and had more liberal abortion laws um, applied and gone even further in providing New York, for example, is now providing free medical abortions up to a point. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are many states that have moved to restrict abortion. Mm -hmm. So in the last year, we've had 15 states... Um, pass, pass restrictions or bans um, under 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's eight that are currently working through the courts. Um, but all in all, there's 26 states, 26 out of 50, that want to pass either bans or restrictions before 12 weeks. So that's really significant.
1: Thank you. Well, that's a really helpful summary. Um, now, I know lots of people, you know, at the time of the church has not had a single clarion kind of response to uh, Roe v. Wade's overturning last year, and I know there will be some people thinking, "Oh golly gosh, you know this is going to send abortion back underground." You know, legalising abortion doesn't stop abortion. What about maternal deaths? All these things. Uh, can you help us under, like get to grips with some of these tricky, tricky objections that are going to kind of came out last year and are probably going to resurface? You know, this Friday, Saturday
2: yeah so i've been i've been actually looking at some of or or looking again at some of the media that was coming out last year at the time and what's been coming out since and the objections kind of i'm just going to look at my notes here but the objections kind of fall under the kind of camps of okay. The biggest one that you hear is, um, it's not gonna reduce abortion, it's just gonna reduce safe abortion. Mm. So you're not gonna get rid of abortion, women are still gonna have them, they're just gonna have them illegally. So the total number of abortions is not gonna go mm. down, so you're wasting your time.
1: So what's the response?
2: <laughs> the response to that is, it's not true. Wow, um, okay. We, and we knew this before Roe v Wade was overturned, when we've looked at restrictions that states have managed to pass under under Roe in the past, mm-hmm. things like waiting periods, um, you have to see a scan before you can abort, any, anywhere where there's been uh, financial limitations or time limits we have seen abortions drop mm. and we've seen birth rates go up but but not by the same number mm-hmm. um, and we've seen unintended pregnancies drop as well and that is within the US and um, so we know that restricting abortion does reduce abortion and we know this from other countries as well we know this from, com- from countries that have outlawed abortions and um, through the late 80s and 90s and countries like Poland and Nicaragua and Chile, we do know that restricting abortion reduces abortion. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we know that's not true. It's quite difficult to get the data, um, but it's estimated, and actually it's a pro-choice organization that have done these esti- mm-hmm. estimations mm-hmm. and we've kind of looked at their numbers. It's estimated that with the 15 states that have managed to pass bans so far, remember there's still some in the pipeline, mm-hmm. uh, we think about 64 and a half, 65,000 babies overall wow. have been saved from abortion in the last year wow. since row has been passed. Wow! Um, and the pro-life organizations in America estimate that if all 26 states are able to get their regulations in place, mm-hmm. then we're looking at about 200,000 fewer abortions, and that's net fewer, so that's including women who've, who've gone to other states and had abortions, you know, yes. including states where abortions might go up, but there is a net reduction expected of about 200,000 a year.
1: Okay, so pause so there. So so we're saying that even pro-choice people, pro-abortion groups, having crunched the stats themselves, looked at them, are confirming that actually changing, well, handing abortion back to individual states, those states um, uh, criminalising abortion again leads to lower ador- abortion numbers. Yep, Already 65,000, but potentially up to 200,000 once all of these.
2: Yep, the, this is a, this is an organization called We Count. You can look this up online. They actually did this study six months out. Um, so it was about 32,500 at that point, um, but we had reason to believe it would continue on. If anything, it might actually be more than that, as mm-hmm. more states mm-hmm. have been able to get through the courts in the last six months. So that's even a conservative estimate mm-hmm. and by a pro-choice lobby group.
1: Okay, well, 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 Dave, let's bring you in at this point. Obviously, evangelical church is almost allergic to the prospect of laws mm. of any nature. Mm. Um, what, yeah? How would you, how would you use what's happened uh, with Roe v. Wade, particularly with, on this point? What, what's the lessons that the church yeah. can learn?
0: Thank you so much for listening this far into this week's episode of About Abortion. I do hope you're finding these helpful. If you are finding them helpful, can I ask for your help in getting these messages to more of the people who need? To hear them. This is the only podcast in the UK addressing the greatest injustice of our time, and we're delighted that these podcasts are delivered free of charge. Uh, but they're not free to make. It costs about three hundred pounds a month to produce these podcasts, and if we had just fifty people um, donating around six or seven pounds a month, uh, that would cover our costs. It's about the same cost as a Amazon Prime subscription or a netflix subscription would you consider giving six or seven or eight pounds a month to help us continue to deliver these messages and to be voices for the voices we'd so appreciate if you could like share comment subscribe and uh, thanks so much and we'll let you get back to the show now well i think building what debbie said the first thing we have to acknowledge is that legislation really does work it makes a difference Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily solve every problem but of any single action, if you can put it that way, it's mm. the most impactful. I mean, when's the last time any of us saw 65,000 lives saved because of one thing? Mm. It's, it's incredibly impactful. And I think that this myth that legislating uh, against abortion won't save lives is clearly false. Mm. And so I think we have to see that it does work. And if it works, then the next question is, well, do, do we take our Bibles seriously? Because mm. we're told to love our neighbor. Mm. And the evidence shows us that one of the most effective ways we can love our neighbour is to help to create laws that will protect them from acts of violence. Mm. And there is no people group more persecuted on the face of the earth than the unborn child. There is no more dangerous place in the world to be than in the womb of your mother. Mm -hmm. And if we're thinking about focusing our efforts, what's the best thing we can do with our limited resources in terms of justice? And of course, that's not the only calling of the Christian. We are called to evangelise, we're called to plant churches and love our families and all the rest of it Mm -hmm. but justice really matters it's very close to the heart of God Mm. so in terms of justice in terms of loving our neighbor why would we not put all of our energies behind a law that can save 65,000 lives when we will use the very same scriptures to justify wearing face masks and social distancing things which at best lack any real depth of evidence that they Mm. save any lives at all Mm. compared with this, which has just been shown to save 65,000 lives. Mm. So the idea, oh, changing the law won't do anything, is clearly false. Mm. And so then I think we have to ask, well, why why then do people continue to believe that? Is that actually a convenient excuse Mm. for not standing up and advocating for these laws? Because culturally, you're going to get some pushback for that. Mm -hmm. You you, you are inviting persecution, Mm -hmm. um, which Jesus tells us to expect. But if we're serious about loving our neighbour, this is the point I'd really like to make, if we're serious about loving our neighbour, being voices for the voiceless, we've got to take seriously that pro-life laws are one of the very most effective
1: ways we can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so objection one, yep. out the ballpark. Yep. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> objection two. Right? Objection two. What is it?
2: Objection two is a biggie as well, certainly for the other side. This will harm women. Mm. That's what we hear all the time. Mm. And in fact, I just quote some of the news organizations last. You know, that, that, we're, that we're, were going on about this last year. So these year, are kind yeah. of headlines last yeah, year this is when headlines, changed. this is headlines last year. So overturning Roe v. Wade could lead to more women being jailed for miscarriages. Um, yeah, oh, Yes, I know. Uh, are they going to be able to search your apps? Uh, there, there are these apps that track menstrual cycles. How far are these states going to go in trying to criminalize every single aspect of women and control reproductive rights? Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously they have eliminated the constitutional right to abortion. Uh, The court just told us that we are not equal. Uh, It's going to criminalize IUDs, criminalize things like IVF and emergency contraception. Um, It's a very dark day in America. I have to say, I think one of my favorites actually came from the ladies from The View. I don't know if you've ever watched The View. Um, I, I, I don't unless d- don't, don't know I don't what don't, MSI, He'd be unlikely to ver- admit it, 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 it on air if he had. Absolutely. Wait, have
1: any of our of audience
0: watched The View? Maybe
2: yeah, we've watched The View? Um, okay. We're
0: seeing some sort of reluctant head nods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, reluctant
2: head nods maybe. But you know, the same things like one of the ladies on The View said, you know, there's going to be more poor kids, there's going to be more kids in adoption, there's going to be more kids in foster care, there's going to be more abused kids. Seeming to miss the point that there are going to be more alive children and fewer dead children. Um, And, you know, one host said there's no way this is going to reduce abortions, it's just going to reduce safe abortions, we've covered that off. Um, But I think this whole, we're driving driving women underground, you know, Mm -hmm. women are going to die from illegal abortions, women are going to be criminalised for miscarriages, Mm. ectopic pregnancies, etc. Some of these are really easy to deal with. So the idea that any woman would be criminalised or prosecuted or not treated for an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage is completely false mm. and you have to look no farther than the bills that are already on the books. Universally, all of them make provision for this and they make provision very clearly. Mm. Some on the other side have argued that because sometimes the same procedure mm. is needed, so if you've had an incomplete miscarriage, for example, you might need a DNC, because it's technically the same procedure, it will be criminalised. Again, the bills make very clear mm. that it's not. It's spelled out in black. And white. So a lot of this is just fear-mongering. I think the biggest one that seems to grab people's attention is this idea of illegal abortions and this idea of maternal mortality is going to get worse because women are going to be driven underground to have dangerous back alley abortions. Mm. Um, And for a number of reasons, this is completely false. For a start, you know, what's what's the difference in legalizing pills by post and Mm. taking these pills at home completely unsupervised Mm -hmm. simply after a quick call with a doctor? and getting them from another state and taking them. Why would the risk be any greater? Mm. We're not talking about coat hangers in back alleys anymore and we haven't been for a very, very long time, Mm. certainly not in the United States. Indeed, even before Roe versus Wade was passed, a decade before, The then director of Planned Parenthood, the biggest abortion provider in the US, is quoted as saying that abortion is no longer a dangerous procedure, Mm. and that 90% of all illegal abortions are are done by physicians. Mm. And when you look at other countries, we see that. Countries that have criminalised abortion, maternal mortality rates have actually improved in these countries. Poland, Nicaragua, Chile. Mm Chile is an excellent example. There was an extensive study in 2012 by an epidemiologist who found that not only did laws that criminalised abortion and save children's life, but actually improve women's health. Yeah. But within the United States, the sticking point is, is that they do have a problem with maternal mortality. The United States is not a very good place to be pregnant. Their maternal mortality rate is extremely high, much higher than any country in Europe, mm. and it's been steadily climbing for years now. Mm. So the fact that maternal mortality may mm-hmm. have gone up a little bit mm-hmm. in the last year is simply a continuation of the trend. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing that, we, that we're not told about is is that they, there's no obligation at all for abortion facilities or hospitals to report to the Department of Health and Human Services um, deaths from abortion. They're recorded as hemorrhages, as sepsis, as something else. Wow. So they're not comparing like for like. Okay. And the media weaponise that, and it's so unfair. Mm.
1: Well, listen, we, unfortunately, uh, ha- our, the show has to go on at the Teams conference, so our podcast has to be brought to an end. But I think, even in this short time, you know, maybe you're watching this podcast on a lunch break or whatever, we've dealt with two of the major objections mm-hmm. to Roe v. Wade. One, that, you know, criminalising something doesn't deal with it. Clearly it does. 65,000 living American children are mm-hmm. alive today mm-hmm. because of this, uh, just because of the um, the Supreme Court correcting a bad and wicked law. Yeah. Secondly, you know, does this stuff lead to, um, you know, in, uh, maternal um, death and all of these complications no, there's no solid evidence to suggest that, so whoever you are where you're watching this, Roe v. Wade dare to rejoice mm. a year after mm. Roe v. Wade, dare to rejoice dare to praise God uh, for this landmark case and, and let's pray uh, that the UK would actually see its, mm. you know, come to its senses yeah. and think to itself, gosh we should reform our own law mm. um, which needs massive overhauling to deal with the 215,000 babies we kill each year in the United Kingdom. Any Can I throw,
0: Yeah, I want to just throw one, one thing in, if I may. Well, you are the host, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> Commandeer the, uh, the chair again. again. Um, well, I think it's very important we learn the lessons from Roe v Wade a year on what's actually happened. Those claims were clearly false. Let's not fall for the same tricks here in the UK because the, the very same lies being brought out right now, uh, the tragic case of Baby Lily last week, Uh, pro-abort lobbyists such as Stella Creasy lying on live television Mm. claiming that, uh, you know, fear-mongering about what the law is going to do if we don't change the law, uh, lying about abortion as as if it's healthcare. Mm. And it's very important we learn the lessons. We pro-lifers can be quite naive, fall for the same tricks again and again, our passion can be neutralised, our Mm. activism kind of uh, sidelined as we believe the lies of the other side. We've got to look at the facts, and take authority and press forward with laws that will make a difference.
1: Amazing. Well, Debbie, David, thanks for joining us, and to our live audience. Um, On the About Abortion podcast, I'll be handing back to your host, and he will see you next week.